Welcome back to another episode of The Cross Purpose. We're doing things a little differently today. Uh, so you may have seen if you're following our activity on Instagram or on Facebook that we had organized an event a few weeks back commemorating what is known as the Reformation Day. Some of you might have even joined in for the event. It was all done online obviously and in association with the Redemption Hill Church here in Trivandrum. That's the church that Michael and Ashok serve at. We had a lot of fun with that event, uh, even more than we had anticipated. Uh, you see, we have this thing where we blow things out of proportion during the execution phase of a plan. So uh, when one of us came up with the idea that it might be fun to make a small two-minute intro video to play at the start of the event, it was only natural that we finally ended up with a full-on mini-documentary of sorts that was over 15 minutes in length that we put together in under a week, uh, complete with background music and narration and interviews and subtitles and everything. It was crazy stuff. I suppose uh, some of you might have seen it. It's on YouTube uh, in the Redemption Hill channel. Or you can find links to it on the Cross Purpose social media accounts too. Uh, we reached out to quite a few people that we knew um, who could give us some short thoughts on the Reformation that we could put into the video. And almost all of them were able to help us out, which was pretty cool in itself. But even more incredible was that Ashok had a Scottish friend that he had met online through whom we were able to reach out to a certain pretty well-known Scottish theologian, writer, pastor, preacher and professor who also agreed to help us out even though it was on such short notice. And that is how the one and only Sinclair B. Ferguson came to be featured in what was originally supposed to be a two-minute gap filler video. I mean, seriously. Ashok lost his mind for a little bit there. Anyway, the video is on YouTube as I said, check it out. Uh, especially if you aren't familiar with this whole reformation business. It's quite an interesting piece of history and might bring in some new perspective. So uh, during this event, we also had a Q&A session hosted by The Cross Purpose, where Michael and Ashok fielded some questions from the people who had joined in for the event. So without further ado, here is the Q&A session from the Reformation Day event. Okay, so question number one, guys. Uh, isn't the Protestant Reformation a Western incident? Why do we celebrate it? Yeah. So, Mike, are you going first? Should I go first? <laughs> no, since I've done a lot of talking, maybe the people would like to hear another voice. Okay. Yeah, uh, my uh, ever so smooth, soothing voice shall be next. So, yeah, why uh, isn't the Protestant Reformation a Western incident and why do we need to celebrate it? So, that is if we see as Protestant Reformation as a singular event, right? So there's more to Protestant Reformation than, than uh, just Martin Luther walking up to a door and nailing 95 theses there. Uh, it would, uh, it could be that first, uh, you know, starting point of a big avalanche that uh, he started. And from there we see that uh, even in the Western world, um, it just spreads everywhere. Uh, the entire face of the planet changes, industrial revolution, there's a bunch of things historically that has happened because of something called Protestant work ethic, because Martin Luther uh, nailed 95 theses upon um, that uh, Wittenberg church door. So uh, isn't it a Western incident? Well, we had something happen in the West, right? Uh, God's word, God's truth remains constant throughout the universe, irrespective of whether it is in the West or East or 
i know uh, arctic or antarctic circles wherever it is god's truth is god's truth and the implications remain the same the uh, sinners are sinners everywhere uh, our sins are the same everywhere right there might be a difference based on the cultural context but at the end of the day uh, we all have the same adamic sin in us we are we all carry the same inher- uh, inherent sin and it's the same uh, savior who died for all of us uh, so yeah isn't the protestant reformation a western incident well the reformation isn't a western incident uh, it got started there and why do we celebrate it because uh, here we are with uh, the truth we have the bible in us we can carry it today right we can uh, go out preach the word we can have events like this all this happened because countless people died for our sake so that we can carry this truth uh, with us so that'll be part of the answer i'm guessing we have more questions mike yeah i mean i'm not not going to add a lot to that i'm just going to say that would uh, um to whoever asked the question i would say that would be like the people in the west saying that jesus is an eastern incident and why should we celebrate him um because it's it's not about the west or the east it's about the fact that god is working in in nations in generations for the good of his people so the church yeah somebody just put the church universal has no borders that's absolutely true and so that is why we are not as christians divided by culture or geography but it implies to all of us and the central aspect of the reformation is that the bible is the center of all christian faith and practice yeah. awesome okay so let's move on uh, we have one question that's been voted three times um in what ways does the church the modern church most need reformation and how are we working on it now what ways does the modern church most need reformation and how are we working on it now yeah i think i think i'll i'll jump in on that um because following through on my sermon i think that the most need for reformation now and before and at all times have been the same and the centrality of the word of god in the life of the church in the life of the christian that's still what we must fight for because we are prone to walk away from the truth of god and not to remain see there is no reinventing the wheel of christianity nobody is going to come and find new things today that was never found in 2000 years that's not christianity christianity is not about journeying into future truths it is about establishing and standing on ancient truths so it's about looking back to what scripture has to give us and that's still the challenge and how are we working on it now um we're not doing very good in our culture we're not doing very good in our culture at all uh in order to be working on it we must be people who are secured in scripture and are part of communities and churches that are secure in scripture so that's just what i think so uh if you look at psalm 2 you see that the nations rage they try to do all sorts of uh, wicked things and scheme against god and all god does is sit in on his throne and he is laughing because and he just comes in and uh, destroys the chariots with uh, fire and he does all that god is sovereign god is in complete control he is lord over the entire universe right now now the question is where do we belong to are we among the nations who rage against god or are we the people of god who work for him who carry his truth and we have one thing that we have with us in order to bring his kingdom here in order to preach the truth here that is the word of god 
whenever the church has gone into disarray, it has always been due to one reason. The word of God wasn't given the kind of importance that it deserved. So, yeah. So uh, why does the modern church most, uh, where does the modern uh, church most uh, need reformation? Yes, the gospel keeps getting lost from the culture. And uh, we, the saints of God, have to preach the gospel with great clarity and uh, uh, the authority that it carries uh, to people. And how are we working on it? Well, we as a culture, yes, but we as a people, uh, I would say this is part of it, right? We preach the gospel wherever we go. On our pulpits, we don't, uh, like Mike was preaching, we don't talk about the plots of movies. We do not uh, give uh, cheesy illustrations. We, we talk about Jesus Christ crucified, um, buried, his death and his resurrection and him sitting on the throne right now. And yes, that's how we shape culture. So that is there how is, we work on yeah, it. There is a, there is a uh, question that is sort of connected to this. Mm. Um, so maybe we can answer both at the same time. Don't all churches need reformation uh, to evolve as you study the gospel? Don't all churches need reformation to evolve as you study the gospel? Um. So there's a tagline of reformation that goes semper reformanda, that the ecclesia or the church of God is always reforming, it means it is going back to the truth of scripture and it is uh, applying it uh, to great, uh, you know, as much extent as it can and um, becoming healthy in that kind of a sense. Don't, uh, don't all churches need a uh, reformation? Yeah, but uh, yes, I can kind of get the tone of the uh, the question, but here's a, here's the thing: we see two sick people. Okay, one person has a common common call, and one person has stage four cancer. Aren't they both sick and need healing? Yes, but not the same kind of healing. The threat isn't same. The danger isn't same. Now, when I look around uh, um, our culture, I can see healthy churches that of course need reformation. We always need reformation. We always need to go back to our roots. We always need to check if our church is healthy in every sense of it, right? And we all make mistakes we as human beings have shortcomings and we keep working on it by depending upon the word of god and uh, scripture but 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 forget that what if the gospel is lost what is the gospel of jesus christ is entirely lost now that is a severe problem now that is a cancer stage four cancer that's where um, reformation is needed in every church but not uh, we can't generalize it and say that everything is the same in that sense. I'm evolving that. I'm sorry. I'm guessing that is the idea behind the question. Isn't every church the same in that sense? Everybody needs reformation. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we are running short on time. So let's keep moving. Um, another question. Uh, isn't the reason to celebrate the reformation uh, is to remember the meaning behind it in a nutshell, the five solas and not the event in itself. Isn't the reason to celebrate the Reformation to remember the meaning behind it, uh, or in a nutshell, the five solas, and not the event in itself? Um, I would agree in, 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 in terms of priority, yes. But what we must celebrate is precisely uh, the truth of God's word, the truth that was discovered, you know, rediscovered. Um, but that does not nullify the event. I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm going to glance over hundreds of men who died so that I can hold the Bible in my hands today. Those events matter to Christianity. Those events, those substance, we look to the faith of those men who have gone before us to find strength and joy. So no, it's not a doctrinal takeaway alone. We look to history and we see lives. And so it is a lot more than just information in that sense. It is about witnessing and testimony. 
<laughs> all right um, so the rest of the questions are all on the same level so i'm going to pick one uh, jesus prays for the church to be united are the differences within the with the catholic church are the differences with the catholic church still important today so much so that unity is still a no jesus prays for the church to be united are our differences with the catholic church still so important that unity is still a no yes yeah um absolutely um it might not be something everybody is comfortable with hearing but the catholic church has not reformed in any way the central aspects of the gospel is lost in the catholic church the pope is still in authority the fight that was fought by luther and the reformers still continues to this day today we have people who have gone back to claiming unity with the catholic church by doing precisely what paul warned in timothy's portion we read today paul's warning is what's happening because in order for such a unity people have to put aside sound teaching people have to put aside those serious internal and central conflicts um that is not to say that there are no believers inside the catholic church um that is to say a true believer cannot remain for long in the catholic church because the gospel is not there um the practices of the church are still flawed and sinful and the fundamental you know we we talk about it as the uh, the you know the three concentric circles of what we call primary doctrine secondary doctrine and tertiary doctrine meaning what does the bible primarily teach and what are those secondary things we can disagree in and what are those tertiary things and with the catholic church it is primary conflict we cannot uh, in clear good conscience fellowship uh with them yeah yeah the pretty much what he said right it's a easy answer uh, to give but yeah we have to look at another side uh, as per uh, even my friend uh, jason smith has just uh, put in the chat now that the official according to the official position of the catholic church according to council of trent which is also called the counter reformation uh, protestants are an anathema according to them right so uh, everybody anybody who does not be- believe in that uh, anybody who holds to the protestant faith is considered damned uh, so yeah so what is this unity based on it is in the true doctrine of the scripture paul talks a lot about um uh, you know this the basis of this unity we see him sh- uh, calling galatian people fools because they hold to a kind of uh, uh salvation that is through works so we have to look at the whole of scripture when we talk about things such as unity what is the basis for this unity what are these what are the grounds for unity so the entirety of the scripture uh, is important when considering these kinds of questions yeah that'll be all i think i think the definition of that unity is also like what yeah. do you call unity um mm-hmm. because when we see disunity as being something that is unloving versus uh, you know something that is just we disagree Uh, fundamentally in such a way that we cannot fellowship not that we treat you as not uh, you know not human or not any other thing so i think yeah, definition I think was, of that unity is also something yeah i think it was the late ravi zacharias who put it well he said that unity is not uniformity there will be differences 
even among protestant churches there are differences but when the conflict becomes over the gospel itself the central truths itself uh, it is something so in the catholic church to simply put the order is god the church and then the bible which is a flawed order because the truth is it is god the bible and then the church you know and uh, like uh, mark dever says it never in history has god's people ever created the word of god that's what the catholic church believes the catholic church believes they made the word of god but they did not um it is the other never in history has uh, men made god's word but god's word has made men of god and so the order is god the word and the church and so that difference in priority is very central to our faith all right yep that's all we've got for you today uh they tell me that my job as a host is never complete until i remind you that the cross purpose is on social media we are on facebook twitter instagram and the rest of course you can find us at the crosspurpose.com also which is our own website uh, where you will also find our articles and stuff uh, gospel centered resources that we try to put out there when we can Uh, so if you want to reach out to us you have a question for us or you want to just talk to us uh, be sure to reach us on any of these platforms or you can hit us up on our email uh, thexpurpose@gmail.com so that's all for today thank you so much for tuning in to the cross purpose we hope and pray that this content is a blessing to all of you who are listening in so until next time Thank you and God bless.